0: podcast. I'm Alison Morgan, business coach at Relauncher. Lisa Seskin, founder of LMS, the brand, joins us in this episode. Having launched the shoe brand in January 2019, LMS has quickly gained a cult following amongst the fashion crowd with lovers of the brand, including Bella Hadid and Emma Roberts. The shoe range consists of the perfect statement shoe for the modern women's wardrobe, comprising of affordable, fashion-forward shoes. Lisa is the daughter of fashion mogul Hilton Seskin, and has worked in the fashion industry since the age of 15. Lisa's goal is to inspire women in in business on the industry and empower women to feel sexy by what's on their feet. Hi
1: Lisa, thanks for joining us here today. How are you? I'm good and I'm really excited to be a part of your podcast. Um, Yeah, I'm good. I'm getting kind of back into the swing of things now that everything's you know kind of getting back to normal slowly all <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, right oh my gosh there's so many questions i've got to ask you about that but my first question and i think i know the answer so your business yes. is called LMS the brand what does LMS stand for
1: so it's my initials most yeah. people kind of get it and then once i say yeah. oh yeah it's my initials they're like okay makes sense so lisa mandy seskin right amazing and so
0: and so it's the so it's LMS the brand tell us about your business because it's amazing
1: oh thank you so much so I launched LMS last January so just a little bit over a year old and it's I guess starting my own business was something I'd always always dreamt of since I was little I, I remember like my biggest my funnest story to tell is that when whenever I had nightmares as a kid, which happened a lot, you'd always try to think of something that would kind of take your mind off things. And for me, that was just imagining myself one day owning my own business, having like a whole office set up. And I, I think it's in hindsight, it's such a funny thing for a little girl to think of, but it was, I think it just shows that it's been a dream for so long. Mm. Um, and then with footwear, I would just always seen such a gap in the market for shoes and with my past, um, role as a buyer, I was a women's wear buyer for glue store. I just always had friends and kind of peers come ask me for fashion advice. And they'd always say, you know, I need shoes to wear out and to work and, and where should I go? And, and I really honestly couldn't give them the answer. And I, I just, you know, a few years went on and I felt like, the only sh- options for women's shoes was really expensive designer shoes or kind of more of like the cheap, you know, affordable shoes you find in like the big shopping centers. And it didn't feel like there was something out there for that fashion forward girl who's on Instagram looking at what influencers and celebrity it girls are wearing. There was nothing at that kind of more affordable price point yeah. for her. So that's, you know, I was working as a buyer for five years and I was kind of like okay. Well, I've had the dream, and I'm still in the same job, and I haven't done it. You know, it's just time, and I've just got to. I've just got to get to it.
0: Mm. What's the price range of your shoes?
1: They, um, the heels are all around two. They range from two hundred to two twenty for the heels, and the boots are three hundred, and everything's genuine leather um, and great quality.
0: Yeah, you've been in the fashion industry since fifteen. So tell us about that.
1: Yes. So I always knew I wanted to be in fashion. I, um, I come from that background. My, my family's in the kind of retail fashion business as well. And so, you know, through school, I was always working, um, in, on the shop floor in retail. And when I, I I knew when I was choosing what degree to study that I, I'm not, I wasn't super, super creative. I was always kind of a bit more business savvy. So I went and studied a bachelor of business at UTS. And then in my last year, I was just kind of itching to get into the workforce and like start my career. I was just so eager. So the last year I started working full time and then I was studying at night and I went um, and started as a marketing assistant for Glue Store and also Topshop Australia. And from there, I kind of just fell into buying quite naturally. One of the buyers at the time, we'd always kind of catch each other in the office and she said, I'm really looking for help. And so... She said, "Come join me as an assistant buyer. I think you've got a really good eye for fashion." So I went in and I started. And it turns out, like a few within a few months, she she left the business, and they couldn't find anyone to replace. And I just completely got thrown in the deep end. And then five years later, I was still, I, you know, I, I built a lot, like a really large, a, a great skill set, and I started um, developing some of our in-house brands. Um, one of them was called Beyond Her, which. Um, was a fast fashion women's label and, and it really gave me the confidence to, to show myself that I could build my own brand because I did it for the company and it turned out to be one of the most successful brands in the business and I think that's really what kind of gave me the push then to start LMS.
0: Did you find it was different starting your own brand versus, you know, building someone else's?
1: Yes, because you, you do everything. Yeah. Like, there's no one to do it for you. You're doing everything at a low cost level and... At first, it's so exciting. I remember when I started the brand, like waking up every morning, just jumping out of bed, like excited to get on my emails and see customers who had emailed me. And, and you know, that stuff's still exciting, but it gets harder and harder as the, the tasks increase. So it's, it's so different because I almost, I can't sometimes say to people, you don't necessarily dumb yourself down, but you are doing things like custom service and packing orders and all these things. Whereas when you're working for someone else, you're generally doing things, a bit more strategically and higher level. So you kind of do take a few steps back, but I guess that's how you really learn the business from, you know, and from all capacities.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So what did you do? Like, how did you go about launching a brand?
1: So for me, obviously the first part was product and finding the right factory. So I kind of went on a mission to find a factory and I spoke to a few kind of like of my contacts in the industry, and I started, um, you know, designing the best way I could. And it's actually a bit of, I guess, a fun fact. I'm not really a designer, and and I think that's my biggest lesson to to people wanting to start their own businesses. Like, you don't need to have all the skill sets. You just kind of need to know what you. Want and know how to articulate it. So for me, I, I put as much as I could on paper. I took reference images and as much as I could, and sent that to a factory. And that, and they ended up sending me um, some great samples. So from there, you know, once I placed my order for my for the shoes and the stock, I just knew the best way to go to launch a brand. You know, being a millennial was on Instagram. So I reached out to you know. Probably hundreds of influencers, and to offer to give them product and explain my story that I'm launching my brand, and from there is really how I launched it by you know getting the brand out there on Instagram. Mm. Um, and you know I launched with the website only, so that's kind of I didn't have a shop front, so all I had was Instagram. That's how you know customers were going to find me.
0: Yeah. When did you open the shop front?
1: So I had a little store on William Street in Paddington. It was more it was kind of a hybrid of a showroom and a store and it opened just a few days a week or by appointment. So that I opened in July last year. And then I went and then I just, you know, recently opened my full time store on Oxford Street, which is on the main road in Paddington in Sydney. And um, that opened well just before kind of all this stuff happened with COVID. So I haven't really officially opened. I'm kind of slowly starting to get to get back into it now and open the store up for limited trading hours
0: have you got staff in there as well or is it just you or how's it structured? i mean no things are very very different at the moment yeah but so when i yeah
1: yeah when i first um opened so i opened for like just maybe two weeks before i had to close it i i was having i had a few casual staff members that were helping me at my previous um, location. So just having a few girls that, um, love the brand, but at the moment now, because it's limited trading hours, I'm on the shop floor, you know, doing work on my computer and kind of speaking to customers, which is the best thing because I get to see, hear the feedback, um, right in front of me from customers and see what people are gravitating towards. Yeah. So, so it's, are it's you
0: because yeah. of COVID's interrupted the world and life, yes. do you see that, you know, like, um, let's just say the next collection that you would normally be designing, will that mm-hmm. be put on hold or pushed to another time of the year or how's that going to affect your production lines?
1: So what actually happened was I my like my current collection, which I only launched yesterday actually, actually landed in the country in January and towards the end of January, because I made sure the factory sent it before Chinese New Year, because I knew if they sent yeah. it after, it would there would just be massive delays. So I was sitting on it and I was kind of waiting to launch. I knew I would probably launch in a month or two and then everything kind of blew up and I thought, you know what, I'm in no rush to launch this collection. It's more suited to a winter climate anyway. I've got lots of boots and kind of winter neutral colors in there. Let me just hold off. So I I held off and it was kind of a blessing in disguise because it meant I didn't have anything I still needed to pay for. I didn't have anything coming in in large uh, bulk and, and now I don't have any more orders coming and I'm just going to see how I go. Like I've got, a, I've got a good amount of inventory. I've, I recently ordered some, um, a top of my best sellers last, at the end of last year. So I feel like I've got enough to last me. And I'm just, I think it's made me realize I need to change how I do things and kind of my timeline and structure. And you don't, I think a lot of brands have realized you don't have to follow the status quo when it comes to releasing four drops a year and doing it at this time. It's like, you know, being direct to consumer, you have the luxury to set your own rules and your own timeline. So for me, I'm just going to, you know, kind of see how I go and and listen to what my customers want.
0: Gosh, that's so fortunate that you're in that situation, isn't it?
1: Yeah. yeah. Did that sort
0: of, the fact that you were only open for two weeks in that store before you had to close, how did you cope with that emotionally? Because that would have been like such a blow
1: It really was because opening the store was a risk already and I was really umming and ahhing about it. It was a significant investment for me to get the store set up and I knew, you know, it was, I had to sign up, you know, for a year plus lease. So it was a commitment and then I got everything together. I had the most stressful few months trying to get it all up and running and then it happens and then the whole world just collapses and it was hard, especially when I had to come into the store during everything. It just was really emotional for me. And Mm. I guess for me, like I had, I've had personal things that have had to be pushed back. Like I was meant to get married um, in August overseas, so I just there was so much that I guess had affected me. But then I saw how much all of this was affecting other people, other businesses, other people's health and well, and financial situations. So I just kind of kept reminding myself that so many people have it way worse, and I, I just felt like I just had to be patient and wait to see you know what would what would eventiate yeah oh my gosh i mean it's been so huge really hasn't it it's been yeah. terrible
0: so you've also managed to get your shoes on many a famous people's feet including bella hadid so how did you do
1: that <laughs> Yes, I know. So that was very, very exciting. And I actually have a, a friend who has a PR agency in the US. And, um, you know, PR agencies work quite differently within Australia and, and the US. And in the US because they have, in LA especially, such access to, you know, Hollywood and celebrities and stylists, that's like a whole arm of their business is reaching out to celebrity stylists or even celebrity PAs. Mm. Um and you know, sending them like you know the brands that they look after their lookbook and asking what they like, and and so um, the, you know that's how I did it. Is that the my friend who who I was working with? Um, they re- the company reached out to Bella's stylist, Mimi Cottrell, and sent them the collection, and yeah, she picked it. and And you know, we were discussing that all the stars have to align to actually get a photo of a celebrity in your shoe because obviously they have to pick it. Like I've sent shoes to Kylie Kardashian before and and she didn't wear it or maybe she wore it and I never saw it. And so you have to pick it. It has to fit them and and then it has to work with their outfit that they're going to wear. Then they have to be snapped in it by paparazzi, which, you know, might not happen. They might go out for lunch with their friends and paparazzi might not, you know, come by. Or
0: quite often people's feet aren't in the photos as well.
1: Exactly. That's the biggest (laughs) part of footwear. It kills me. I see people who you know sell like sunglasses and jewellery, and it's like that. You know, like a celebrity can take a selfie, and it's all there, but no one's seeing what's on their feet when they're taking selfies.
0: How do you know what
1: size the celebrity's feet foot is? A lot of the time, these PR agencies, because they've sent, you know, product to them, they have it on file right. or the, styli- the stylist will let you know.
0: This is the thing with shoes. What, what sizes yeah. do you have to stock the most of?
1: <laughs> yeah. it's you not. Know, what's interesting is when, when I first ordered my first collection, like I was kind of, I had really no idea. I was just hoping for the best. It, and what I yeah. learned is, yeah. What I learned is Australians have big feet. Yeah. So size... Size thirty eight is always popular, but then thirty nine, forty, my forties and forty ones would actually sell out really quickly. And then mm-hmm. my second collection, I introduced a size forty two, which is at about an eleven, that's because me. I had the demand for it. So yeah, that's
0: me. And I find it so hard to find shoes for that reason.
1: Yeah, well, it just shows I think no one, it's very rare now that people are a smaller size. You know, I do start from a 35 because there are customers, you know, who do also come into my store and be like, I can never find women's shoes. I have to wear kids' shoes. Mm. So I really want to be able to, you know, offer it to everyone and and not exclude anyone. So, but, yeah, definitely the bigger sizes are really popular.
0: How many pairs of your own brand of shoes do you have in your wardrobe?
1: Oh my god, I have so many. I was tidying my wardrobe the other day and like I just can't make it look pretty. Like I'm just shoving yeah. shoes on top of each other. But I I feel like I get really excited. Like I just want launched my new collection and I was so excited to put the you know my new shoes on. And even my mom was like, oh, where did you get those from? And I'm like, it's LMS. Obviously. Yeah. Um, wow. But so I've got I've got pretty much one of everything because I take all of my own content. Myself for the Instagram, like I run the right. Instagram. So yeah. I'll go out in the day, I'll take the photo of the, f- the shoes on my feet. So I really do need to kind of be, you know, wearing all of them. And also, I'm like my number one billboard and advertisement. Mm. Like when I go out, I have to wear LMS because I know people are going to say, Where are your shoes from? Yeah. So yeah.
0: Exactly. Wow. What would you say have been like one of the biggest learning, you know, learning experiences you've had along the way so far? Yeah.
1: I would say that, um, especially at the start, you kind of rely on, you know, you sometimes tend to rely on people to do things because you don't necessarily have the confidence that you have that skill set. You know, at first I was like, oh, I I need a graphic designer to design my logo and I need, you know, this person to help me set up my branding and my social media. And, And then you kind of learn that, well no one's working to your timeline. And also you really can figure it out yourself. And everything these days there's a YouTube tutorial on it. And, you know, as, as you grow, obviously when you don't have as much time and, and you might be able to afford, you know, to work with agencies and, ex- and outsource external skills, but it's really important that, you know, you really try to give it a go at first, especially when you're starting out because every dollar counts. And I think I learned quite quickly that, you know, don't rely on anyone. First, try and do it yourself. See how you go. Ask around because uh, you're going to get it done when you want and it's going to be the quality that you're, you expect and not mm. everyone can provide that quality because they yeah. don't care as much as you do.
0: Mm. Interesting.
1: Amazing.
0: So where can everyone find your amazing shoes? Obviously at your shop in Paddington. Whereabouts on yes. in on Oxford Street are you?
1: So I'm at the top of Oxford Street next to um, Matt Flat, which is actually just closed and there's a new designer outlet. So it's near the Paddington, um, just, yeah, a few doors I down know where from you Paddington. Are. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. And yep. then I also sell online. So I make, most of my business does come from online and we offer um, free returns and free shipping with across Australia. So anyone who's not sure about sizing, um, it kind of provides that safety net.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: All right. So what's the URL that everyone can find you at? So www.lmsthebrand.com. Amazing.
0: Lisa, thank you so much for joining us here today. Thank you so much. That was so
1: fun. I loved it.